Uh, I, I'm privileged to be here today to speak about, again, our all-in values rooted. We're going to be talking about spiritual growth, serving community, and generosity over these weeks as we prepare for our new lead pastor. I'm going to be talking about spiritual growth from a little different angle today than you heard last week. As Brad said, I'm going to be talking about multiplication or leadership development. And if you look at the scriptures, and we're going to take apart a few passages today, you see that one of the things that Jesus was all about was the development of leaders. Because when he was going to leave this earth and go back to heaven, he had to have prepared a group of people to take over his ministry and to lead that ministry. I was recently read an illustration or a story about a young pastor who was doing one of his first funerals, and it was for a, a war veteran. And some of his friends came to him and said, hey, we want to be part of the, serm, uh, ser, the service, and what we'd like to do is march in file up to the casket, pay our respects, and then have you lead us out of the uh, service, and we'll just continue on out as the end service ends. And so he said, sounds like a great idea. So they marched in precision up to the casket at the end of the service. They get up there, they pay their respects. They go to follow this young pastor out, and he opens the door, and he marches right into a broom closet. <laughs> and so you can imagine the scene where they're all trying to get out of this closet without making too big of a deal out of it, but yet there was kind of an embarrassing moment for all of them. And so there's two core lessons we learn in that story. The first is if you're going to lead, you need to know where you're going, where you're leading people. The second is if you're going to follow, you need to make sure you're following the right leader, a leader who's taking you someplace. And that's what we have in Jesus, a leader who knows where he's going, knows where he wants to take us. And so we're going to follow Jesus' mission that he gives us today, and we're going to talk about that and say, how do we do what he's asking us to do? So the first thing I just want to share with you is what is our mission? What has Jesus said our mission as Christians is? And we find that in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, where it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so in this passage, Jesus is talking to his 12 disciples, and he says, hey, I have a mission. It's called the Great Commission, and that mission applies to us today as Christians. And so this is not Jesus' last statement he's going to make on earth, and it might not even be the most profound or the, or the biggest statement he's going to make to us. But this statement does apply to all of us as Christians. It's something that he asks us to do and to live out. And so we need to understand all that's involved with that statement. So we're going to take it apart this morning and look at this statement piece by piece to see exactly what it is Jesus is saying here. And the first thing we see is it says that Jesus has all authority. Now, he doesn't say to the 12 disciples, I have some authority or I have partial authority. He says, I have all authority from heaven. And so if we look at this, the scriptures, the four gospels uh, of Luke, Matthew, Mark, and uh, John, we see that Jesus has all kinds of authority. We see that he has teaching authority. We see that he has healing authority, that he has authority to forgive sins. He has authority over Satan. And he even has authority to delegate his authority to us. And so because he can delegate that authority to us, we should really not fear anything. That when Jesus says, this is your mission, this is your purpose, we can go and do that without fear, that knowing that he has all authority and he's transferring that authority to us. 
And the second phrase we see there is the word therefore. Therefore, if you look at the original meaning, has this idea of this being so. So Jesus says, I have all authority, this being so, go. And that word go there is not the command in this statement. It has this idea of as you're going, as you're living your life, here's what I want you to do. Make disciples. That's the command. And he's really saying, hey, help people become followers of mine, fully devoted followers. That's what that word disciple really truly means. And he's not talking about just being a convert to Christianity. He's saying, you really need to follow me. In John 14, he says, whoever loves me will obey my commands. And so he's looking for real followers here. Warren Worsby, in some of his commentaries, says that word can also have the idea of an apprenticeship. So Jesus is thinking about apprenticing these 12 so that when he leaves and returns to heaven, they're ready to take over leadership of his ministry the ministry he's gonna give them here on earth. And so as we're gonna see, a disciple doesn't simply learn by listening, a disciple also learns by doing, by on-the-job experience. That's what an apprenticeship is, living this out on the job on a daily basis. And then what do we teach them? We teach people to obey Christ's words, to follow the gospels, to follow the word of God, and that's what Jesus taught his earliest followers, and that's what we find in the Bible. So if we were to take this passage from Matthew 28 and put it back together based on the original meanings of some of the words, here's what it would sound like. All authority is mine. This being so, follow my lead and teach others to follow me. But do you ever wake up in the morning and think about the Great Commission? Is that the first thing that pops in your head? Uh, If you're like me, it's probably, I need a cup of coffee. That's the first thing that comes to my head. But what if that was the first thing we thought about? What if we got up every morning and said, I want to help someone become a follower of Jesus today. I want to help someone's life be radically changed because they know what it means to know Jesus and to follow him. I think that would bring excitement to our life. It would bring purpose to our life. It would bring meaning to our life. And instead of focusing on the things of this world, we now be focused on the heavenly things as the 12 apostles were here later and Christ would be at the center of our lives and that great commission that he gives us, this purpose would burn inside of us and it would change who we are and what we do. So how do we live out the great commission? How do we follow Jesus and what he's told us to do? Well, the good news for us is that he's given us a model. He has showed us how to do this. So our model can be found in Mark 3, 13 through 14. In that passage, it says this. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them, and he called them his apostles. They They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach. And so we see in this passage the very specific way that Jesus is going to help these 12 men become his true followers, the guys that can carry on the ministry of the church when he leaves and goes back to heaven. So the first command, we're commanded to do this, and the second thing is we're shown by Jesus how to do it. And so as he's going to develop these followers, he's going to use this apprenticing process or on-the-job training to make sure they know what to do. 
So we want to look at this passage again. I want to tear it apart a little bit and say, what is it that Jesus is modeling for us? And the first thing we see in that passage is he selects the men that he wants to have time with. He selects them. You see, in Jesus' day, if I wanted to grow spiritually or religiously, I would go to a rabbi or some religious leader and I would ask him if he would apprentice me. But Jesus flips that upside down. He says, I'm gonna go to the people that I want to have carry out my ministry. I'm gonna choose and select them. And so if you notice, he doesn't select the most popular or the most powerful or the wealthiest men. He chooses 12 ordinary men. And he chooses them on what basis? On the basis that they're gonna be faithful, available, and they're gonna be teachable. So I don't know about you, but another thing I thought about as I read this passage is that my tendency would be for Jesus to come to me and say, hey, Greg, I need you to do this. And I'd be like, just tell me what you need and leave me alone and I'll take care of it. But Jesus said, that's not the guy I want. I want the person who's first and foremost gonna follow me, who's gonna do exactly what I've taught him or her to do. And the second thing we see here is that he spends time with them. And in this passage, this might be the key part of this whole passage. Because people learn best when they're fully immersed in something. I think about my grandchildren, and they lived in Italy for eight years, and the oldest two speak fluent Italian. And so if you were to see them, they'd be going like this and like this and speaking Italian, but it would be fluent. It would look and sound like an Italian but they were immersed in the Italian language. They went to school in Italy and they learned it from Italians. And when I think of of really what this idea of apprenticeship means, I think of the different professions who apprentice people to do different things. And one that really comes to my mind is the medical profession. Because if you think about medicine, you go to school, you learn about medicine, and then you take on an apprenticeship or what they call residency. And you go work in a hospital under a doctor, so you take what you've learned, and then you go practice it. You go do it under this person. I can only imagine if I was going in and I had my appendix out a few years, and if I'd have been laying there and the doctor walked up to me and said, hey, Greg, we're ready to take your appendix out. I was reading about that in the book, so I think I'm ready to do that. No, I want the guy who's had a residency and has taken out other appendices first. And that's the beauty in this whole thing, the spending time with Jesus and being apprenticed by him. So it's not only head knowledge, it's gonna be the knowledge of what to do. And so in life, when we want to really learn to do something, we need real flesh and blood people to help us to do what we're called to do. And so apprenticeship is really about investing. It's about investing in other people. It's about one person spending their time and their talent and their treasure and their energy with another person to help them become all God wants them to be. And so Jesus has selected these 12. He's immersed them into learning what it would take to take over his ministry when he leaves. He's gonna develop them as future leaders for the church. And then the the third thing we see here is that he tells them what they would be learning to do. And that is to be apostles or sent ones. So he just doesn't say, hey, I'm gonna just do a general teaching. He says, I'm gonna teach you to do this. You're gonna learn to do exactly what I'm doing, to be a a sent person. And so as I said, Jesus spends three years immersed with these guys because he needs this to go deep into their souls. 
He needs this learning to be so deep in them when the difficult times comes, they don't run away from it. They know exactly how to handle those situations. A.B. Bruce in the book, The Training of the Twelve, puts it this way. This careful, painstaking education of the disciples secured the teacher's influence on this world should be permanent, that his kingdom should be founded on the rock of deep and indestructible convictions in the minds of a few, not on the shifting sands of superficial impressions in the minds of the many. You know, there were times when Jesus would go up on a mountain or a, a hillside and he would teach thousands. But he knew in order for it to really stick, he would have to immerse these 12 men in exactly what he wanted them to know and do and be so they could carry on after him. And so as Christians, if we want to be a leader, we first and foremost have to be a follower of Jesus. We have to be following the one that knows where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do. And then the fourth thing we see in this passage is he sent them. So they're sent out to preach, to baptize, to teach, to do everything that Jesus had been doing. They're gonna preach the kingdom of God. They're gonna see people redeemed through this message. And we see this in, Mark, in Matthew chapter 10. It says, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. And so they go out and they practice. Jesus sends them out, and if we look later on in the Gospels, it says that they came back, and the apostles are, and the others are just crazy about how God has used them. They can't even believe that God has used them to heal, heal people and cast out demons and preach the gospel. And it says that Jesus was filled with joy because they had watched him do it and now they're doing it themselves and he's gonna spend time now talking to them about how it went and how they did, but they are just filled with joy. These men have been apprenticing with Jesus. They're watching and they're learning from him and they're putting it in place. And Acts 2.41 says in about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Can you imagine if we were putting this into practice every day? If we got up every morning thinking, how can I help people, be, people become followers of Christ? And what if 3,000 people showed up here on a weekend above and beyond what we normally have? We'd be full, but it'd be awesome. And what a problem to have. We have nowhere to put people, it would be awesome. So they're challenged by Jesus, they put it in action, they go out and do what he's asked them to do and God uses them in tremendous ways. There's a gentleman that came into my life a number of years ago named Herb. And I was in a small group with Herb and one day he said to me, hey Greg, how about if you and I meet every Friday for a few years and we'll talk about life, we'll read the Bible, we'll see what the Bible says about things and after time, maybe you can, you can do that too. And so we did, we got together and we would just talk about things, read the Bible together. And then one day he said, hey Greg, here's what I see in you. I see you having the ability to do what we're doing now, to lead a small group, to apprentice someone else. And I think now it's time for you to do that. And my first reaction was, no, no way. I can't do what you do. 
And he said, what do you need from me to do this? Because I think you can do it. And I said, I need you to continue to meet with me. I needed to know he was still there for me. And so he said, how about if I meet every other week with you for a few months and when you're comfortable, we'll quit meeting. Because he wanted to go on and do this with someone else. So we met for a few months, everything was good, and we both moved on. But Herb was a huge part of my life. And if you look at what he did, he selected me. He told me what he wanted me to do. He worked with me and spent time with me. And then he sent me out to do the same thing. Exactly what we see Jesus modeling for us with the 12 disciples. And I know that there's men and women in this church who have been doing that exact thing, same thing with others in this church. And I'll bet there's many of you in this room who are only here because someone apprenticed you. Someone spent time with you and helped you to know Jesus and to grow in your faith. And so now you're here, hopefully helping others to do that too. So as I've been saying, making disciples is like an apprenticeship. It's a leadership development opportunity. And that's what Jesus' approach to multiplication was. It's gonna start with an apprenticeship and it's gonna go from there and we're gonna to add to the numbers every day. So what's our method then? What's our method for helping people become followers for apprenticeship? It's exactly the same method as Jesus. We just replicate that message. The Apostle Paul knew that, and he talked to his, his uh, young apprentice, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2.2, and this is sort of the Apostle Paul's version of the Great Commission. And he says, you have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. And so you can see the Apostle Paul, he's there with Timothy, who he's been apprenticing, this young pastor, and he says, what I've been teaching you Teach to others who can teach it to others. And that goes all the way down to us. And so that's the kind of church we want to be. A church that's teaching and apprenticing each other and it gets passed along from person to person, from generation to generation, and begins to change the world. If you and I, as individuals, and if we as a church were doing this, Think of the impact we could have in our world, in the business world, in the schools, in the government, everywhere. Because real leaders, men and women following Jesus, would be out there doing this with other people. One of the things that we're going to be coming up with is a leadership pathway here where you can get into this pathway and, and have a kind of customized thing for you, but you'll be able to grow spiritually and then help others by being a, a leader, a leader of self, a leader of others, but with this multiplication effect we hope will occur. And I'll tell you, it's not just for Connection Point. We dream of the day when other churches would come to us and say, You've got an abundance of people who know how to do this, and we would love to have some of them work for us. We would love to see these people on the mission field. We would love to see them in the school systems. We would love to see them in our businesses, and they would be coming here because we would be known for the type of leaders that are produced here through this apprenticing system and through being people who first and foremost follow Jesus as our true leader and lead by following him. Many of us are here tonight or, or today are familiar with the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And if you think about that movie, the main character wants to know what life would have been like if he had never been born. 
And so we see that the point of this movie is that each person's life, each one of us, impacts and touches other people's lives. And so as we come together and we think about these different people who have been in our lives, I think of Herb Frost and would I be here had Herb never been part of my life? Would some of you be here if others hadn't been part of your life? And I know if Jesus hadn't been born, we would not be here at all. Every life impacts another life. And that's what we hope will happen here. Why do we do this? To carry on the ministry of Jesus Christ. To see people redeemed, to be bought back and enter into the kingdom of God. So just a few things I would ask you to do as you leave today uh, and, and think about this. I wanna encourage you to ask God to grow you spiritually as a leader. Ask God, hey, I wanna be a follower, I wanna be a leader for you, can you grow me to do that? And pray, ask God, God, would you bring someone into my life to apprentice me? Or if you're ready to apprentice someone, I'll say, God, would you bring someone into my life who I can apprentice? And then spend time telling other people about Jesus, sharing the message of Jesus with others so that they too become the followers that God wants them to be.